Welcome, welcome, welcome to another podcast episode of Prayer and Preaking with your girl Georgette, aka the Preaker. I'm super excited to have Dr. Angela Harris in the building with me woo-hoo. today. Woo, 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 woo. Yes, I yes. am going to listen. I don't know if you listened in to some yes. of the other podcasts, but I let my guests introduce themselves, say whatever they want to say, because who knows you better than you other than mm-hmm. the good man himself upstairs? But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pray us in first. Then the next voice you will hear will be Dr. Angela Harris. I'm going to let her tell you who she is, what she does, what her superpower is, what she wants you to know about her. And then I'm going to tell you how we met. And it's so funny. Like, this story is crazy, too, because... You have a lot met. of funny stories of how you meet people. I just... I know. People. I was just like, you have interesting... You have an interesting life and the way you engage in the world and meet people is is fun because I listened to uh, the last two podcasts and um, the, the sister that you just interviewed with the um, legacy. That was a great podcast, by the way. And oh, just to hear you. how you guys met and how you were like, I went to your Facebook page and a picture from me. I was cracking up. I'm like. Yeah, she's telling it. <laughs> yes, Claudia. Yeah, it was so yes. funny. I was like, okay, Claudia, like you haven't posted a picture <laughs> since we met like in 2019 on <laughs> Facebook. Like what was the chances of that? Like, yes, it's just, you can't even explain it. And it's yep. so funny because today I do 11 o'clock live as well. And today <laughs> that was my question. I've really been pondering over the past couple of weeks, like what do people see? Like, cause I talk to everybody, like and people like just today, a woman just started talking to me in the store. I like, and we walked through the store talking together. We got to the parking lot, like, and we were still talking and I'm like, God, what do people see? Like when mm-hmm. they see me, you mm-hmm. know, I, I wonder if other people ever ask that question. Like, what do people see that they just start talking to you or that I start talking to them? And so, but I know That's my family, good. oh, but that's yeah, a good my- question, though, because I have those experiences. I went to a festival, a jazz festival, and I was just like, I'm going to go solo. I didn't want to hear the reasons why people couldn't go. And so I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy me, a date with me. And I'm standing on a food truck line, and this woman or sister, she just starts talking to me. And then she's like, I want to get your number. And so she whips out her phone. And then the whole time while we're on the food truck line, we're just talking. She tells me she, she just bought a house. She tells me about her job. And I'm like... I was literally just standing here just trying to get my food, but it was a good conversation and she invited me to her church. And just from that standing on a food truck line and her engaging with me, there was something that she saw in me that either felt good or safe. And now we kind of text here and there and we're planning to get together for lunch. So I think there is something that happens. Either there's an energy that we put out Mm -hmm. or people trust whatever this cipher that's around us and they say, Hey, let me strike up a conversation. Cause I've had those experiences too. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think I might need to do a podcast on yes. that. Like I just thought about that because I'm serious. Like I, I was walking a couple months ago through the neighborhood and I met this older gentleman, Mr. Jim. He was so funny. And um I hadn't seen him since and I went walking yesterday and I saw him and he remembered he's like because he was talking about American people are not nice. He's from Albania and mm. we started talking and he's like, American people are nice, you know, like you're probably one of the only people that stopped and talked to me. And I was like, are you serious? And so I saw him yesterday when I was walking. He said, Georgia, where have you been? I haven't seen you. He was so, yes. So sweet. Started talking, found out a little bit more about what he did for a living. Like, and guess what? Now he can possibly help me in my business with something. Yes. And then yesterday he made lunch for me and my husband. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. isn't that sweet? So, like, about. See, I know. But it's also sad that people experience people from other countries experience like us like that. But people in this, the the neighbor up the block probably feels the same way in regards to like people are just not not nice. But we can talk about that because I, I do think there's a disconnect because of the trust, the way the world mm -hmm. is. We're a little weary now, and of yeah. course, coming from a, a Christian standpoint. We're, there are opportunities to minister to people, but if we're not friendly, if we're not nice, if we're just walking straight and not seeing the opportunities around us, we we miss we can miss a lot. So now we look at you. Lot. You got somebody bringing you lunch. You got somebody who can help you in your business. That's all good. It's all good. I know. All right, so look, we got right. <laughs> But it's good, but that's real talk. Like somebody need to hear that. Like, because we just don't know. Like, and I wasn't expecting that. Like, I wasn't expecting that. But I, I I've really been unpacking that with God. Like, what do people see? And just when you think about it a little bit further on how the connections, because sometimes, you know, you meet someone and you don't even know, like they, you needed to meet them to get to the next person, or they mm -hmm. need, needed to meet you to get to the person that you needed to connect them to. And so mm -hmm. I really sit back and just, when things like this happen to me, I really, really like unpack that a lot. And just because it's just amazing to see that God, how God just yes. lays things out and we have no clue yeah. we have no idea it's so mm -hmm. it's so amazing mm -hmm. but anyway we that's not what we're here to talk about today that's but i say, i know but we're gonna pray we got a good topic today y'all i mean yeah hold on to your boots today because this <laughs> one right here is is, is really something that needs to be talked about and so but let me pray i'm getting ahead okay. of myself dear heavenly father lord we just come right now first and foremost god just thanking you lord god thanking you for this day Thanking you for another opportunity, Father God, to come, yeah. Father God, humbly, Lord God. Lord, thank you for waking us up this yes. morning, Lord God. Lord, I thank you right now for this mantle, this platform, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for Dr. Angela Harris, Lord God, who has taken time out of her busy schedule, Lord God, to sit down and chit chat with me, your girl, yes. Georgette. And I just thank you, Father God, for the time, Lord God. May you restore, replenish, refresh yes. everything that has been lost, Lord God, in this time, Lord God. And it's not really lost, but just that she's given it to me, Father God, when it could be going somewhere else. So yes. replenish, restore, refresh, renew, Lord God. 
God. Lord, touch her business, Father God. Everything that she puts her hands to, Father God. Lord, touch everything that she's connected to, Father God. Continue to give her the blueprint, Lord God. Continue to order her steps, Father God. Light the path of her feet, Father God. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for The doors that she's knocking down, Father God, we thank you for the the generational curses and the chains that are being broken through her work, Lord God. And Lord, just continue to restore and replenish, Father God. Give her the energy, Lord God, for this is heavy work, Lord God, that she's doing. So just restore. Give her time of peace, Father God. Give her refreshing, Lord God. Give her a fresh anointing each and every day, Lord God. Lord, we rebuke anything, Father God, that tries to hurt, hinder, Father God, or stop the work that she's doing. Lord, we just thank you. We praise you. We honor you, Lord God. Lord, may this podcast touch one, Lord God. If it touches more than that, Lord God, we are grateful too. But if it just touches one, Lord God, if it gives one, Father God, a new lease, Father God, on knife, Father God, if it gives one a new direction, Father God, we will be glad. We will be glad. So Lord, let us have a time of laughter, Yes. A time of transparency, Father God, and a time of just uh, getting to know one another even more, Lord God, to help, to glorify, magnify, edify the kingdom. And yes, Yes, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Yes. Love that. So anytime I speak, so whether that's doing something like this or whether it's speaking, you know, in face to face, um, I always pray. Um, and I always center myself because I get a little nervous. So I always kind of spray my essential oil. I have my my routine and my ritual of saying, God, whatever comes out of my mouth, it needs to be of you and from you. Because I know by myself, I always don't get it right. So when I listened to your podcast and I was just like, I thought it was so dope that you pray with your guest and you pray because you're you're wanting God to use your platform. This is not about just Georgette Little John. This is about God working through Georgette so that you can touch that one or many. So I think it's so dope that you pray. Oh, and of course, God. it goes with the name of the podcast. So <laughs> why not? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So I'm gonna mute myself and you let the people what you want tell them what you want them to know about. Dr. Angela Harris, whatever yeah. you want to share, the floor is yours. And I'm going to mute my mic and sip me some water as she told Yes, me. yes, yes. Well, one, I want to thank you for allowing me the opportunity uh, to just share my story and to share my platform. So I am Dr. Angela L. Harris. Um, I'm a mental health advocate. I'm a daughter. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. I am an assistant dean of students. I'm a former therapist. Um, I'm a poet. I'm a writer. There are many things and gifts that God has blessed me with. Um, I currently am the assistant dean of students at Davidson College, where I work with young adults 18 to 21 to help them matriculate through college and get that college degree. But um, the nature of my job is pretty unique, where I actually am kind of like in the middle where I help and support distressed students. Um, And that might be a way of just kind of informal counseling or, um, you know, informal ways of just supporting them. But I also do a lot of referrals. And so students who are just um, are having a hard time going through college because of mental health, because of trauma, because of um, issues at home, and they're trying to be a successful student, 
I kind of support them by way of working with their professors, working with them, getting them connected to students. So that's kind of my nine to five career. But outside of my nine to five career, I started Harris 316 Consulting and Services. We are, I always say small consulting agency, but I would say small but mighty. Um, and so we started in uh, 2019, got our LLC in 2020, where I aim to promote the intersections of mental health, wellness, faith, and spirituality. I am a PK, so there's a connection to that. Um, and the, the reason why I started Harris 316 Consulting and Services is because, again, I have a clinical background in mental health. So I trained as a clinical psychologist and I'm a PK, I'm a Christian woman. And I really saw the, the gap or the lack of mental health being talked about in the church. And so when I was in graduate school, I wrote a chapter on psychotherapy in the black church and how as black people, we view mental health, but we also have these other faith-based strategies that we rely on. So I aim to say, you can have Jesus, you can be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and guess what? You could talk to a therapist. And really I'm challenging black churches to do better, be better, in regards to mental health. We can no longer sit around and just say, pray more, fast more, go to another revival. All of that works, but we also have to be able to give saints permission to seek support when it comes to their mental health. So that's what Harris 316 is all about. And so I aim to work with black churches, um, community organizations that um, serve marginalized populations and work with corporate entities. And really is about just working with ministers, clergy to say, let me help you help your congregation talk about wellness, mental health, and integrating that faith and spirituality with that. So that's what I do. I also have another small business um, called No Bibs Burps Bottles, where I aim to empower and support, celebrate, and highlight African-American women who are child-free by choice or child-free by circumstance. I always say you define you, but we also know that there are a lot of women who, um, you know, motherhood was just not their story or journey. And there seems to be society who wants to make it seem like women who don't have children or are not mothers or less than. And so I don't tussle with moms. I came from a mom. As Tupac said, we all came from a woman. Um, but I'm also celebrating and respecting the narratives of those women who either choose not to be moms or maybe they wanted to be moms, but because of other issues or barriers, um, infertility, they're not moms and they're now just coming into their own of celebrating being child-free. That's a little bit about Angela. <laughs> That's dope. Give me the name of that again. I remember that. No bibs. No, no, no bibs, burps, bottles. And um, it's interesting how I came up with that name. I was thinking, like, what do I want to call this space that I'm trying to occupy? And I realized I'm like, I don't want any bibs. I don't want any burps and I don't want any bottles. You know, so that's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how it all came together. And um, sometimes I I get questioned about like, you know, where does this name come from? And sometimes people are connecting it with babies. Um, but, uh, you know, I love to explain kind of where the name comes from and the foundation of what No, no Bibs Burps Bottles means to me. So, yep. 
That's cool. And it's, yes. a, it's, a, it's a mouthful. So I either say B3 because it has the three Bs in it or NBBB, but B3 shorten it because I've learned to say no bibs, burps, bottles really fast because I say it pretty much every day. But sometimes people are like, no bumps, bees, what? And I'm like, <laughs> say B3. <laughs> that's easier to remember. <laughs> yes, that's cool. I'm going to have to um, hook you up with my daughter, Madison. That's what she says. She doesn't um, want to have children mm -hmm. and um I'm like, okay, so we'll see. But yeah. uh, look, I said the same thing and two kids yeah, and, later, and, so. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, I don't I don't come from a framework of like, don't have kids. If you want to have kids, I'll be your biggest cheerleader. But I also want people to know there's another uh, narrative to that. The way I like to describe it is a dime is still valuable no, what, no matter what side it's on. So whether you're a mother or not, you're still valuable. You're still important. Your story still matters. So there are young people who say they don't want kids, but you fall in love and things happen. Kudos. If you change your mind, that's what's up. And if you don't, that's what's up. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks for shouting that out. Cause um, yeah, we I remember now we did. So let me tell you guys how I met Dr. Anna yes. Harris. And yeah. then what's even funnier, like, so we have a, a person in common. So yes. we <laughs> actually were on a um, mantle together. We did an event together. Um, I met Dr. Angela Harris through one of my favorite people in the world. One of the, my most favorite entrepreneurial sisters that is like killing it, tearing yes. things up in these entrepreneurial streets. Yes. I'm telling yes. you, Crystal, yes. Renee, yes. like Crystal is killing it. Shout know, out like to Crystal. Yeah, shout out to Crystal. Woo! Thank you, Crystal. Like I love Crystal so, so much. I just love her heart. I love her. I just love everything that she has her hands in. Like she has been a big, big supporter of me. I mean, we've supported each other. Like even my nonprofit, A Tribe Called mm -hmm. Queens, like Everything that I put my hands to, everything that I asked Crystal to help me with, if she can, like, mm -hmm. she is so there. Like, she is the best. And so mm -hmm. thank you, Crystal, even for yes. this connection. Because what we just say, hello, the connections. Yep. Like, we don't know mm -hmm. exactly. And so through Crystal's event, I met Dr. Angela Harris. And we just started talking. Mm -hmm. We started following one another. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how, I don't know if it was you or my husband. So the crazy thing, y'all, is Dr. Angela Harris went to college with my husband. Yes. <laughs> and that's why I was just like, I don't even know how it happened. And then I'm like, oh, I know your husband. I'm like, and I don't know what year he came out because I, I started, I finished in 93. So I don't know if Michael was before me or after me. Uh, what Do you remember what year he came out? He Came, he I might be. Just, I think he was. I think he was after me. I think he finished yeah, in ninety four. But did we finished in ninety four. Cheney University for nation's first HBCU. Love my alma mater. So I always got <laughs> those who don't know Cheney University, founded in eighteen thirty seven, and so that's where I um, met Georgette's husband because we went to school together. Yeah, he came out in ninety four. I had to think about it because okay. it was ninety four. No, he came out in ninety five. Okay. Actually, I think ninety four, ninety five, one of them. But yes, and so it was so funny because we were talking, and I'm like, and then my husband, he's like, "Yeah, I know her." So small world, like you just never know. 
Never know. Never, and never know. Yes, yes. And so, and I want to say, with even with Crystal, I've, I've, I totally cannot remember. I think there was another girlfriend who was following Crystal, and she said, "Oh, I, I, I met this sister. I'm following her. I think she's doing some type of training or event." So she's like, "You should go." And I said, "And I'm always like you. I'm always trying to expand and learn and grow because." these entrepreneur streets, I, I I would be the first to say, I don't know everything. So I think she was doing some type of training nice. or little mini women's conference or something. And so I came on and she had like the women come in and I loved it. And then I've been following her ever since. And I literally just posted on one of her posts. I'm like, girl, I'm trying to be like you, like you doing these TikTok videos and I'm trying to catch up with you. But I learned so much from her and other people that I admire because I'm like, they make it look so easy, although I know it's not. So again, shout out to Crystal because even the little nuggets that she drops on her Instagram, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. That helps me. Or, oh, this is how I can grow this. So it's just so informative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's bomb. She's fire. Fire! Yes. And I'm glad to know her because guess what? And I'm glad to know you too because I tell people, listen, why you getting blessed? I'm getting blessed too. That's what I just said yesterday. My hey, on Sunday, actually, I'm in a room with my sister-in-law. She's like getting blessed. I said, that's okay, because I'm connected to you. So as you getting blessed, I'm yes. getting blessed too. So yes. thank you, God. Thank yes. you for the yes. connection. Yes. yes. <laughs> thank you. Important. Yes, they are. We can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. So today we want to talk about I came up with <laughs> mental mindset how to break barriers because that's what we need to do that's what i know you are striving to do in your work is so so important um and what you do is very very near and dear to my heart we'll get into that a little bit i don't know i'm just gonna let god lead me on how much he wants me to share with that but your work it, it matters like it is so so important is so, so needed for such a time. I know that things are changing for the better. It's still a very, very slow process, but they are looking up. I was actually looking at some numbers and I have some stats. I mean, these are some alarming stats. And this was from February of 2021. It says nearly 1 billion people live with a mental disorder. Mm-hmm. One billion and every 40 seconds suicide occurs. Yes, that, that those numbers are alarming. And although we are making strides in regards to talking about mental health, understanding mental health, those numbers are still crazy, still crazy. And that's why I do what I do, because just like how you opened up your podcast, if one person hears this, if one person decides just by listening to us today to either take their mental health seriously or go to a therapist or go to their pastor to say I'm struggling or to say I was thinking about taking my own life, but there's something that Georgette and Angela said and I'm going to live until tomorrow. If, if it's one person, we've done our work. We've done yeah. our work. We've decreased that number, right? But it's still alarming. Still alarming. It's very alarming. And, you know, I, I used to be, I don't know if you remember, I, I don't know if I even share, but I used to be a police officer in D.C. Um, for almost 15 years and just... Um, 
in 2020, like the number of police officers from my old department who just took their own lives. I mean, people that I uh, sat next to in roll call, I mean, young people, there were, you know, there was a young gentleman who just, it, it was just, you couldn't believe it, you know, and you see these people, you work with people and you just never, ever know like what people are really, really going through at home, outside of work. And then it's even scarier because now you're talking about people with guns like every yes. day who are toting guns and mm-hmm. uh, we just don't know, you know, and it's just, it is. That's not when I saw that number and I was just like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. Like mm-hmm. every 40 seconds, like that's just. Like that's- as we speak, as we speak right now, think about we've been on maybe for 10 or 15. That's a lot. 20 of- minutes we've yep. been on. Yep. Yep. And so when we put it from that, from, when we look at it like that, we can't sit by the sidelines. We have to continue to do what we're doing. You have to continue to do and lead your ministry. I have to continue to do what I'm doing in regards to my ministry because for 20 minutes, there are people who have taken their lives. There are people who are struggling. So that's why it's important that both of us continue what we're doing because people are looking for answers. People want to, I believe, people want to be helped. People don't want to suffer. No one wakes up and says, I, I'm so excited to wake up this morning and suffer. People want to stop suffering, but people have a hard time asking for help. People sometimes in the midst of your trauma, in the midst of your storm, you know that they're a therapist. You know that your girlfriend's been calling you every day wanting to talk to you. But in the midst of it all, you really actually feel like you have nobody. And so that's why the work that you're doing, the work that I'm doing, all the people who are in, um, you know, helping helping fields. We do what we do because we believe that no person deserves to suffer, you know? So, yeah. And that, that was my question. Like, is there an answer or a solution? And you actually just, you know, touched on that. And I mm-hmm. think that, that that's, that's part of the answer and the solution that we mm-hmm. have to continue doing what we're doing, continuing mm-hmm. to find ways to be able to combat this in any way that God has laid it on our hearts because yes. we're all different and he gives us, he gives it to us all in a different way. Yes. And, and we have to find out what that way is. And it's so important. And that's why community is important because what you have and I have, like, you know, when we come together, things like this podcast or events or whatever it may be, because just even more as I was, I was like, oh my God, like I need Angela, like for some things that, you know, we need to do some other things together because Mm -hmm. it's so important because you are, you know, my mantle too with the prayer tours. It's all about church and prayer. And and you touched on something when you said, you know, we can keep praying and praying and praying. That's true. Like, and I'm a big proponent of that too. I pray every day. Hello. Mm -hmm. I have a platform where I talk about prayer, but at the same time, I know that, God created therapists too. Like he created yes. everyone. And so. And that's really Georgette where I come from in regards to Harris 316, because again, I know the way I share and what I'm talking about may not necessarily be received automatically. Right. What do you mean? You know, um, you got to see a therapist. God handles all. And I always try to tell people it doesn't have to be either or like my ministry is saying it could be both. And mm-hmm. 
I'm not saying that you're not praying enough, although I've worked with people who get that type of message from their minister or pastor. I have mm. a problem with that. So what I'm saying is, yes, even with praying every day, if we look at mental health from a way of, you know, sickle cell anemia or cancer, you wouldn't say someone who is like literally in force, you know, stage four cancer, like just pray more. Yes, that's a great message. Pray more, believe in God's ultimate healing. But you're also going to encourage that person to work with their doctor and get their chemo while also saying pray and trust God. So why do we separate it when it comes to mental health? And I think it's just historically of the way we viewed mental health in the church that if you are hearing voices, you're possessed by the devil, or if you're depressed, your faith is not strong enough. And so when I am working with ministers and when I'm working with um, you know people who subscribe to the Christian faith, I'm saying, no, I want you to, don't stop praying. Don't stop reading scripture. Don't stop going to church. But you know what? You're still struggling with your mental health. And we don't think that maybe it's biological, chemical, something else going on. So keep doing all those faith-based principles and strategies while also saying maybe it's time to do something else. So it could mm -hmm. be both and. But I also know that there are some people in the church who are not feeling that, right? Like, Mental health for some people is not real. It's just like you're you're just not strong enough in your faith. Yeah, we're gonna and we're gonna talk about because that actually is my next question. Like, sorry, I'm getting excited. No, no, it's good. I mean, you're leading it right. So why is that? And and why is it still such a a taboo subject? I mean, is and and especially within the black church and in the black community, I mean. Let's just be honest. It's such a something that we don't want to talk about. Like you said, oh, you're not praying enough. You're not strong enough. And so why is it such a taboo topic? I mean, mm -hmm. it just it boggles my mind. It mm -hmm. really does. I think it there's a there's a lot of different ways I can answer that question or a lot of different paths. And I, I believe they're all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. So I think if we just start with our home, just like, you know, our our home and our family, you know, we continue to talk about what happens in this house stays in this house, which is hurting many of us. Right. So Uncle Johnny is over there talking to himself or Uncle Johnny is struggling with alcohol or, you know, such and such touched little Katie. And we don't we just we just pray it away. God. God can, God can heal this family. God can fix everything. And again, because we come from a Christian foundation, we believe that. But in the midst of that, we're still carrying a lot of secrets in our house that we actually have to talk about and face head on. So as we are praying for Uncle Johnny to hopefully diminish those voices that he's hearing, as we're praying for Tanya, who was touched who was touched by uncle so-and-so as we're talking and praying for such and such who's struggling with their sexual identity, we can continue to do all of that, but we also have to talk and address these issues. So I think that's one thing we have to stop sliding things under the rug. And cause when we take it outside of the house to people who can help us, right? Cause there's a difference to just gossiping, and then mm. there's a difference between we're taking this outside of the house because we're going to go to family therapy or we're going to see a doctor or we're going to explore medication. Right. So I think that's mm -hmm. one thing. Another thing, I think historically, when we think about the way we were 
enslaved, right? So those enslaved ancestors were taken from their land, put on a ship, middle passage, raped, traumatized, had to serve in the hot sun for nothing really, but yet their faith sustained them. So it's just kind of like, you don't complain. You, you, we learned not to complain. We learned from a historical lens that you just keep relying. God, we're enslaved, but God got us. And yes, yeah. he was able to deliver us to, to where we are today. But the mindset that was ingrained in us is like, you're going to be whipped. You're going to be raped. You're going to be brutalized. You're going to be trauma filled. And then you still have this, this mentality of God still has me, but I'm not going to talk about all of that that I went through because I'm a slave. I can't go to master and say, I'm tired of you whipping me. I'm tired of you raping me. So all we had is our faith, but now we have different things that we can rely on. We can rely on our faith. And in, in, in today, we actually can raise our hand and say, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm, I'm traumatized. And I don't have, I don't have to carry that weight alone. I can now talk about it. I can now get support for it. Where back then, you know, a slave didn't go to sit on someone's couch and talk about how they were beaten, right? So they they had to rely solely on faith and solely on God. And we do that today in addition to the things that God has set up for us now. So I think we just have to change our mentality also recognize you said it best, Georgette. Um, God has created therapists, right? God has given me this gift to be able to help other people. God has given you your gift to help other people so we don't have to suffer in silence by ourselves, right? And I don't believe that God wants us to do that. God did not send me to school and have all this student debt. Not use it, right? So I choose to use this gift that I have. I choose to use my background growing up in the church, being a PK. And to be honest, all of this, I really just started coming into my own a few years ago. Um, mm. It wasn't easy being a PK and going to church all the time. I embrace it. I love it now. I love the fact that I'm a PK and I was raised the way I was. But I take that background, those experiences, my clinical training, and the gift that I know that God has given me, and I'm walking in that purpose. So if, if we yeah. can stop with the secrets, stop with the I can do it all, we, we would go so much further. Yeah, that's true. All right, y'all. And for y'all, those of y'all who don't know what a PK is, so funny. Oh. I was watching, I was looking at your Instagram. <laughs> Yes. You know, I always go and just, just look at people's Instagram so I could just get some more background. And you had the video on, okay, I've been getting DMs and people been asking me what a PK yes. is. And so Yes. And I actually thought that, and, and, and I, that, that post, um, it was so fun to make. And I know people are like, you know, everyone knows, but everyone doesn't know. Like you no. got people who come from other cultures. You have people who come from other backgrounds. You have people, young adults that you know, young kids may, may follow. And so when I was, people were not, you know, it wasn't like a plethora of people, but I did get like three questions. Like what's a PK? Cause I didn't realize I was saying it so often. Like I just did assuming right. people know. So I'm like, you know what? That's a good question. I was making the assumption that people know, cause it comes so freely off my mouth 
realizing that people from other countries, they, they don't, a PK is a foreign concept to them. So right. it was fun to make that video and it was fun to educate people about it. <laughs> so a PK for y'all, those listeners, because I did find out that I have some listeners in other countries. Won't he yes. do it? I said that I would be worldwide. Come on in the room. Yes, guys. yes. But a PK is a preacher's kid. And so pastor's kid, preacher's kid, mm -hmm. however, you know, and that's growing up. Me, I grew up in the church too, so I always knew what that was. Yes. So, but it was really cute to see that because I was like, you know what? That's true. Some people probably don't know what that means. You know, I would. I, yep. I so appreciated that question because I literally, it was so like, again, it's so elementary to me. I'm just like, PK, PK, PK. So um, right. I really was, uh, I, I was tickled when I got the question, but I was also honored that someone actually was curious to know what it was. So yeah. So people are listening and watching. Yes. Like yes. we think they're not, but they are. Yes. And so that's that's cool. And so and I learned something new because I didn't know that you were a PK. So yep. it, was, it was cool <laughs> for me to learn something new. And so what I mean, what or how is Harris 316 consulting and services addressing this subject about it being taboo and like how mm -hmm. are you now trying to break the barriers in the church so that we can now have round table talks and, yes. you know, getting to opening up this because we can't continue to suffer in silence. The only way that things are going to change is by breaking the barriers yes. and addressing it. So how or what are you, you know, just give us a few ideas. You don't have to tell yeah. us everything because y'all need to go and get these services. <laughs> I agree. I agree. No, I'll back up with answering that question. First of all, like it took a lot of prayer and submission and obedience for me to even start Harris 316. Mm. I said, I was just like, Lord, like you really, I, I don't want to do this because I, I got to put myself out there. And if mm. I put myself out there, people are going to realize that I'm not perfect. And then I'm like, duh. Yeah, you're not perfect. God doesn't expect me to be perfect. Therefore, he doesn't expect everyone around me to be perfect. But I didn't want the light to be shined on me because I was just like, you know, sometimes I, I I'm, I'm real. Sometimes I don't always get it right. And I think that's what was the struggle of me growing up as a PK of this pressure of I'm this pastor's kid. I'm this preacher's kid. And so everyone's looking at my sister and I and we're supposed to be these you know, cute little perfect Christian kids who love the Lord and love going to church. And I'm like, no, no, I'm like, do we got to do Bible study again? Do we have to go to choir, choir practice again? Are you serious? We got to do another service on Sunday again? Like I was not feeling that. And again, I had to come into my own as an adult and I appreciate, um, you know, the way my dad raised my sister and I, but it took a while for me to say like, God, do you really want me to talk about this. And it was when I was able to sit still, be quiet, when I said, when I heard the voice say, yes, yes, I'm, I'm giving you this mental health background. I've given you this life experience and I'm trusting you that you're going to put yourself out there and expose myself to the point where I feel comfortable mm -hmm. sharing this story. So that's how Harris 316 started. But the way we, once I was obedient, it came a little easier. I'm still kind of 
like, oh God, you really want me to talk about that and this? <laughs> um, and it's hard, you know. I appreciated your other um, your other guest when she says, like, you know, I don't put my family out there, like, because you, you gotta be, you gotta safeguard. I gotta safeguard my spirit, right? So, and people can be harsh. So I'm always like, God, if you want me to put this out there, protect me. And He has. But um, with Harris three sixteen, the way we aim to kind of break the barriers and we say, you know, we really want to be part of, you know, decreasing the stigmas to mental health is by our workshops. And so again, I want to work with churches who are ready to talk about mental health. And if they are ready, I partner with them. I join with them to, uh, you know, su submit something or propose something in regards to a mental health presentation. So I have some presentations that are already tailored, one that I kind of started working on in grad school, and then I kind of not perfected it, but it's, it's come to its own now, where it's interactive, it's engaging, where I'm really just talking about mental health one-on-one. -on -one. And it's not really coming from like, this is depression, this is anxiety. There's a little bit of that, but it's also connecting that with scripture. And so mm. it really is saying, I'm, you know, and my ideal situation would be me in the church saints, you know, sitting there, ministers sitting there, and we're having a candid conversation about mental health. And so I'm posing questions, I'm breaking people up into groups, but I'm also adding scripture to really back up what I'm saying. So we do that through uh, workshops. I also do that through one-on-one, -on -one, um, just kind of empowerment or discovery calls. And so I'm not acting on behalf as a clinician. However, you might want to consult with me and work with me. Say if you are someone in the church who's just like, I don't know how to even find a therapist. Well, I may work with you to kind of talk with you about how to do some of that. What does a therapist do? What can you expect from a therapist? So it really is kind of working with that Christian brother or sister to help them navigate how to even engage in therapy, you know, how to find a therapist, how do you pay for a therapist if you're interested in group therapy. So I'll do some one-on-one -on -one consultation. And then lastly, um, I work with churches who are interested in really developing a wellness plan for their congregation. So just like you're bringing in minister such and such to talk about whatever, or you're planning that revival I'm challenging churches to develop a wellness plan because as you're preaching to your congregation every Sunday about their spiritual growth, it goes hand in hand talking about their mental health, their physical health, their financial health. And so I work with um, pastors who are looking to create a wellness plan. And that might be me doing some workshops or me bringing in some other people, but looking at a, a 365 in a given year, how many wellness workshops are you giving to your congregation? So we may talk about nutrition. We may talk about mental health. We may talk about exercise. And so that's how Harris 316 aims to break the barriers as well as decrease the stigma or stigmas. That's good. That's good. I, I like it. I love it. And I'm going to pray that um, more churches and more congregations yes. really grab hold of it because that could be an issue too. Because people, once again, you know, they don't even want to, they don't want to address it. They don't want to talk about it, even the churches, even though they know that it's needed. But mm -hmm. I think a lot of them are starting to come around as well. And so I definitely will keep that because it's like it's 
it's just so oh my goodness it's so serious and so so needed and so but i do have a quick sidebar because i was like okay i think i know but i don't know okay so what does harris 316 stand for i think i know but i don't know so i was like don't let me don't let me assume because my mom always told me when you assume you might you know well and and, and it's i love that question i've actually never gotten that question before really so, i've never nope it is very simple so harris angela harris and I am big on birthdays. So I believe that everyone should celebrate their birthdays um, if it doesn't bring you any type of, if it's not triggering or traumatizing for you. But I believe people should celebrate their birthday. You should treat yourself as it's a holiday. So you should take yourself, you should not work on your birthday and just, even if it's just a mental health day, but 316 is my birthday. And so it was just oh. Harris 316 because I love my birthday. I love, I've met so many people in the world randomly, randomly, and we're talking them, when's your birthday? 316. My birthday is 316. So I've met a lot of people who share my same birthday. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of the birth of me being my 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 dad's first daughter and his legacy of Harris, because he doesn't have any sons, and 316 is my actual birthday. Oh, I was all wrong. But I would love to hear. Ooh, ooh, I think I know where you're going. Are you going with John 316? Yes, ma'am. Of course. Good. Well, maybe I need to add that too. <laughs> That's oh, what I thought. My I, goodness. When I, as soon as I saw it, I said, oh. That's because of John 316. I'm telling I have it written on the paper. I have Sabor. And I said, I don't want to assume, but I thought it was John 316. See, oh. now I learned I don't need that question just can't like seriously. I was writing the, the previous question and I was like, hmm, John because I kept saying I kept writing and I'm like 316. So that's what I thought it meant. I didn't first of all, you heard it here first on Georgia's podcast. I'm adopting that. I actually never, and I love John 316, but no, no, it really, I'm all egotistic, like my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's good. Like, yes, that's what's up. Like, I I love it too. Like, but I just, I don't know. God gives us. Look at you you planting a seed in my business and making it all come together for a mission. I literally, when I tell you, Never thought for God so long. Are you serious? Never. I I kid you not. I kid, it literally was my birth. When I was thinking about it, it was literally Harris <laughs> and honoring my last name because my dad has no sons and 316 the day I was born. I didn't think about John 316, but since you said it and did you see my reaction? I'm like, yes, that makes sense. I'm receiving that. I am receiving that. So that will be part of my story now because for God, yes, thank you. You're welcome. He just, I don't don't know. He gave me, it wasn't me. No one has ever asked me that question and I've never connected John 316. So, and you know what? There was, you had a reaction. There was, oh, with your last, with your last guest, you, I see you now because you have these moments where you illuminate things for people because you did that with their last guest with the legacy. She was just like, and she pulled out her journal. She was just like, that was my word. And you was just like, I literally, that was, and now you did it again. Wow. God gives, I'm telling you that 
when I tell you it's not me because I had literally, when I was talking to her, I literally had no idea what we're, and I heard the word that morning in the shower legacy. And so when she pulled out that journal and started, and she was like, she started laughing and I was like, what, what's the matter? And when she lifted up that journal and it had the word legacy on it, I was like, she's like, that's my word that God gave me this year. And I literally. And I, and I can, and I can hear when I was listening to, I can hear the reaction or the moment that you guys were having. And now I feel like I literally just had that moment with you because when I was saying it and then I'm like, are you thinking? And that's when it hit me. And then you confirm, like, I'm thinking John three sixteen, and I just, Wow. Wow. Well, That's sorry. all I can say is wow. And now I actually will embrace that and receive that. Thank you, God. That's all I can I mean, it wasn't me. I'm just, it wasn't me. That's so weird though, too, that no one has ever because that was the first thing I thought about as soon as I saw it. I was like, oh wow, how awesome. Like John 360. Like that's what I was thinking. And then he's like, no, it's my birthday. <laughs> Which is cool too, because that, like you said, it just brings it all all together. together. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, You're welcome. Thank You're you, welcome. God. Yes, uh, yes. Thank <laughs> you, God. Won't he look? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yes. <laughs> now I have another testimony, another story. So when, if I get that question again, or when I share that as part of my introduction, um, you will be part of that. John three sixteen will be part of that because, yeah, and that's such a powerful scripture. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was thinking because I was like, oh, wow. Like, it, it hit me as soon as I saw it. So, I don't know. That's cool. See, yes. we have these these moments. Like, God, he's so good. He's so, so good, y'all. Like, I just, and I can't make this stuff up. I'm so serious. Like, when I, that's why I just love this pot. Like, I love, I, I just love this podcast because just sitting down and talking with people and just, there's so many things that you find out, like when you talk to people. Like, yes. and I've always, I've always talked to people. I've always, and he's like, you're gonna use this big old mouth for something. Like, and, <laughs> and I love what you said, you know, because we think about the things that we go through and like the things that we, that we sometimes see as not good things, you know, like our pain or you know, mental health. Like my mouth, like you know, I always, always tell you, you got a big mouth, be quiet, you know, and now I use this mouth. Like this mouth is a mantle that God has given me, you know, and I think about that one Peter 410 all the time, like use the gifts that he has given us. And we never think that these things that may have, you know, other people may have said were not gifts of ours or things that they tried to downplay that now that God has shown us as we grow and as we get older and as we become more mature, those things that we were running from, because I've been praying like all my life, you know, just praying, praying, praying. I never, you know, when he gave me this thing, prayer tour, I'm like, what the heck is that? Like, that doesn't even sound like, and like, God, what are you saying? And so, as you said, you you know, dealing with you know my past and all of this and now it all comes together and so it's just amazing again how it just all comes together and how it's all for a purpose and how we can use everything you know to come together to be able to help people mm-hmm. because that's what it's all about but go mm-hmm. ahead what were you gonna say I was, I was gonna ask i get the first part of your business and name i'm interested in the second part the second word and where that comes from and what that means because i was trying to like 
oh, that's interesting. And I'm like, I don't know what, what it means. So I'd love to hear that, that what it means for you. What, preaking? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was just like, I think it, it maybe has something to do with preaching, but I wasn't sure. So I'm going to ask you like you asked me, what does what uh, your name mean? I know. Everyone always said like, what is preaking? Like, I, it was so funny. I had another person. He was like, I'm going to Google it. And I said, well, you can Google it, but I don't know if it's going to come. Actually, now I Google it. Like before, when I first had it, it never came up. But for some reason now, I don't know if it's just. But anyway, um, I was actually speaking. I was speaking at my church um, on this was back in. Oh, my goodness. I think 2019, 20, something like that. And it was my first time speaking at my church. Like I had been speaking before, but um, God told me, he was like, I want you, because we used to, on the fourth, no, fifth Sundays, if there mm-hmm. was a fifth Sunday in the month, we had someone from speak or missions or something. And so God was like, I want you to speak. And I said, you want me to do what? Mm-hmm. You don't want me to speak at church. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I don't, I don't do that. Which he said, yeah, I want you to speak because, and it was so funny, Angel, because We have been looking for someone, looking for someone, looking for Mm -hmm. someone, looking for someone. We just could not find anyone this month. And God just kept saying, yep, because it's going to be you. And I'm like, "Mm -mm. it ain't going to be me. Mm -hmm. No. And so finally, long story short, of course, I was obedient. So I went and I talked to my pastor. I'm like, I'm supposed to be speaking on the fifth Sunday. And so... He's like, okay. So I was talking mm-hmm. to my girlfriend and I'm like, I need a word. I'm like, cause I'm not, a, I'm not a preacher. Like I'm not, I'm, but I'm a speaker, but I'm not a preacher. And so like, I'm always trying to come up with something different. That's just, I was yes. like, I need a name though. Like what, what am I going to be doing? Because I'm not really pe- preaching, but I'm speaking. And so as I'm talking to my girlfriend, she's like, you're going to be preaching. And I was like, Preaching. Yes. It was like, yes, a little bit of speaking and a little bit of preaching. Oh. And so you put them together, you're going to be yes. preaching. She was like, you are the preaker. Yes, I love it. Okay, okay. And I kind of, I was just like preaching. I didn't, so, and it's interesting that you say that because when I do my talks, and again, because I'm a PK, and I, I learned a lot from my dad, obviously, you know, watching him all these years and the way he delivered and the way he preached. And when I do my speaking engagements, um, you know, I, I always give the disclaimer and I don't know. And I, I have to maybe ask God to lead me on why I do that. I always say, like, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a preacher. And I think it's a little bit of kind of how you define it. It's like I'm speaking, but I have this background because I never want people to think like I'm a preacher because I'm like, no. So that makes sense. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. Yes. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and you were obedient. You were obedient. That's where it starts. That's we're both where we are because we were we are and were obedient. Oh yeah. One thing I am, I'm obedient. Even if, if I'm I might be kicking and screaming, Lord knows, but I am <laughs> I am obedient. I'll be like, oh, you want me to do what? Like, yeah. are you serious right now? You and he'd be like, mm-hmm. I, I sure do. It. I People love like, the yep, I sure do. Name. <laughs> I love the name. I love it. <laughs> so that's how that was birthed. And yeah, so shout out to my girlfriend, Justina. Yes. Who, but you know, that brainstorming and that, like, and her creative, her mind is just ridiculous too. And so she, yeah, she, I mean, it was just like, it just rolled off of her tongue. Mm-hmm. And so ever since then, like, it just stuck. And so, yes. 
Yes. It's just been, you know, your girl, the preaker. And, and it's funny because, um, what does, uh, oh my goodness, Uncle Reese, he says something like preaker in one of his songs but it's not preaker is something else now i cannot even i know i listen to that song all the time but he says and i and when i heard it, i was like what so yeah it's real mm-hmm. cool but Good. but yeah that's that's how that came about so yes and, and so i'm like because i you know i i'm yes i am not a preacher that's what you're either. doing a little bit of you know but i do cool. yes i do preach a little bit i get them scriptures in there i'm, I'm yes. dropping a little bit of those and like because yep. it's just in us like you said yes. you know it's in us and so it's all good. And then sometimes God corrects me too. Like, what do you mean you're not a preacher? And I'll be like, okay, God. So, mm-hmm. but you know, that's a whole nother can of words. Like you said, why do we say that disclaimer? Because guess what? Ministry comes in different forms. And mm-hmm. so, yes, you may not be a ordained preacher, but mm-hmm. you are still in ministry. Yeah. So I received that. I received that. And that's why it's important even when, because I, I don't, I don't, I could just be another mental health um, professional or another mental health advocate. That's just kind of sharing. And that's good too. But because I'm, I'm, I'm carving out a different lane and I'm being obedient, having that background, adding scripture to it to valid, because that's how the Christians, that's how Christian people are going to receive it. That's how the church it so if i'm just they can bring any mental health professional in but i'm saying i have this background and i'm going to give you what the word says and i'm going to try to illuminate for you why talking about mental health is important and i'm going to illuminate how god wants us to be healthy stable human beings and so long are the days where you know you know and so many people have shared with me georgette about their church hurt when i was a practicing mm. I had a sister who sat in my office on my couch. She was dealing with depression and anxiety. And I always share this story. I never forget when she says, I'm trying to live right for God. And my pastor will be so upset that I'm talking to a therapist. And I was just like, and she was so torn because it was the, what stays in this house, what happens in this house stays in this house. You're not trusting God. You're really going to sit and tell someone that you don't even know what you've experienced and you're going to sit here and tell someone that you don't even know rather than trusting God. And so when she said that it hit me and it stayed with me, my pastor would be so upset that I'm talking to you yet. She continued to work with me and that opened up a door for me to then talk to her about her faith. Cause again, I understand I'm kind of in a secular um, field and you don't talk about, you know, your faith or politics and stuff like that. But when someone gives me a door, <laughs> I'm opening it, I'm busting through it. And I'm like, oh, we're going to now there's permission for us to talk about your faith and how your faith informs the way you live you know, in the world, how this trauma informs how you interact in the world. And now I'm bridging the gap and we're talking about both. And um, she worked with me for about six or seven weeks. And again, just allowing her space to talk about her depression while also talking about her salvation and how important that was to her as well. So we still have a lot, a long way to go with churches, but I do think there are a lot of ministers and churches who are opening the door and talking about on that pulpit, talking about mental health. So Yeah, because guess what? Some pastors that's standing up there, guess what they suffering with? Yes. 
And let's not, let's be real. There are a few pastors and I actually talk about this in my presentation. They carry a lot of stress, a lot of, um, a, a lot of heartache because they're, you know, they're carrying the stuff that their flock is giving them. But who's, it's like, as you're taking care of the flock, who's taking care of you, right? Absolutely. And again, preachers will say, I'm taking everything to God. I'm laying all my burdens on, and that's great. But we also have pastors who have taken their own life. And I I highlight some of those pastors in my presentation. Mm -hmm. And there's a disconnect. Absolutely. It's incongruent. How do you tell me to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, yet you take your own life, right? Yeah. So we, we have to talk about it. We can't just, you know, we can't just sweep it under the rug. No, we cannot. And so that's why I, I love, love, love a, a local pastor that is here because he is so open and transparent about that, that he sits on someone's couch and like, mm -hmm. I love that. So shout out to you, Pastor Battle. I don't know if you ever hear this, but. Yes, um, Pastor Battle. Yes, because. I love that. Because you know what that does? First of all. I'm talking to my dog. <laughs> He's over there going to town. Um, what what he is doing is being a role model to those saints who come hear him every Sunday, who are faithful, who are helping with missions, who are the deaconess and the ministers and who's leading the choir. By him sharing and being transparent that he has a therapist, I can now say, wow. I can now consider if my pastor who leads me and spiritually feeds me is seeing someone and it doesn't discount or diminish his intimacy with God, I can do the same thing. I love to hear that. I love to hear that because people, it seems like people want to be able to get additional help. They just need to get permission Right. And so mm -hmm. if you're if that same minister who's counseling you can then say, hey, you know what? D, uh, Dr. Harris gave us a list of referrals of counselors in the area. And how about you work with her to get connected to one of them? That goes a, a long way. So mm -hmm. shout out to Pastor Battle for yes. being open and honest about that. It's true. I mean, and I, I as you were talking, I just something came to me too. you know, just because you're on someone's couch doesn't that doesn't discount your anointing. That does not, not discount your calling. That does not discount what you are capable of, what your purpose is, any of those things. Because hello in the Bible, oh my goodness gracious. Like, I mean, the people <laughs> that were in the Bible, like that did not discount what they were purposed to do. All of mm -hmm. the other things that they did, it did not discount that. And so yes. people need to know that, like just because you are sitting on someone, someone's couch and in therapy and seeking the help that you, that you need, that's just another part of you. Just like you said, just like if you, if I had a, if I had cancer or if I had diabetes, high mm -hmm. blood pressure, I take my medicine. And so what's the, difference there yeah. is no difference and mm -hmm. so it's and another, just, mm -hmm. go ahead mm -hmm. and i was going to say in another part you know of of what we do in harris 316 is really educating clergy of how to get 
their um, members connected to mental health services. So there's differences, right? Um, you have you have ministers in the church who have been trained as pastoral counselors. That's very different than a, a licensed mental health professional or a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And so if I'm able to sit down with clergy and say, yes, you do your part, what you're trained in, but at some point you might have to refer out. And if you know how to properly do that, it's easy for that member who has come to you initially. Because maybe someone is just like, I'm not ready for therapy, but I'll go to my pastor or I'll go to my minister. But at some point, depending on what that person is going through, you might have to refer out, right? Um, uh, I can talk to someone all day about my foot hurting, but if you're not a podiatrist, at some point you might have to refer me to a podiatrist and that's how we work together. So I'm wanting pastors and, and clergy and ministers to understand we're not discounting what you're doing. Yes, you're equipped to maybe talk about the elements of what people are going through. And maybe you can even indulge someone in talking to them about their mental health. But at some point when it becomes very severe, you might have to say, okay, I need to actually refer you to someone and here's a list of clinicians in the church that maybe you can talk to. So, right. And that goes without saying too. I mean, you have clinicians that's sitting up in your congregation yes. and why? Yes. Are you not yes, 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 yes. That's how, and again, utilizing what's already there, right? If you have, and that's what I mean by you know, having a wellness programs or a wellness day, utilize the professionals that are in your congregation. Because again, Sister Betty sitting in the front row every Sunday listening to the word, that's awesome. But if Sister Betty is still battling depression or hearing voices or having panic attacks every day, maybe Sister Betty needs a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I and I just want to know, you know, how do we, common people, me, I, other people, how do we become part of the solution as well? Um, mm -hmm. You know, how do we do our part? Yeah, Georgette, you're already doing your part by your platform, right? By you bringing on guests who are talking about a variety of different things, by you inviting me and having me on your platform today to talk about mental health, to talk about how Christians, you could be a Christian and still struggle, and that doesn't make you a bad Christian. But I think everyday folks like you and I and the people that are around us, just being aware of mental health. Being, and I'm not saying that you know everyone needs to go back to college and learn everything about the molecules and neurons in the brain. What I am saying is that if you see your fellow brother or sister struggling, chat with them, see what's going on. And you might not get everything in that first conversation, but let them know that you care. And if they maybe share with you that they've been struggling with sadness, because it's not always going to come out like, I'm struggling with de clinical depression. It may look like, hey, I haven't been able to get out of bed in the last two weeks, or I've been crying every day. Like being able to really hear what a person is expressing. And then you being able to say like, you know, it sounds like you've been going through a lot. Like, you know, have you ever considered talking to a therapist? Just that alone may give someone permission to even consider it, to make that first phone call, to send an email to their doctor to talk about what's going on, because we can't ignore that people are thriving and people are suffering, right? Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to just talk freely 
and openly. And it's not from a judgmental standpoint, like you crazy girl, what's going on with you? Because that's what makes people not want to talk about what's going on in their life. Right. We we automatically go to you're crazy when it's really like, no, I was violated by someone that I didn't give permission to. Or my mother is dealing with alcohol and drug abuse and she's being neglectful. So it's not going to come into it's not going to be these clinical terms that people think it's going to be everyday scenarios that make people stress out, that make people say I'm hurting. So when we can hear that narrative we're now in a better position because we know a little bit more about mental health to just simply say, have you ever considered talking to a therapist or maybe together, you know, we can talk to pastor such and such and now pastor such and such because he's hired Harris 316 knows a little bit more about how to referral refer someone to um, a clinician. So I think that's, it starts there listening and engaging and feeling the spirit and the energy of people around you, because they may not always say it, but you can feel it. Sometimes you can even see it in their countenance, the way they walk into a room that they're struggling with something. So, right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And so do you foresee any like significant changes for the better in the next few years? Like, I'm always hopeful. And so like, do you see any significant changes or mm -hmm. barriers being broken down or what do you, you know, what do you think on that? That's such a good question. So I'll, I'll answer it in two ways from kind of a, a world standpoint, um, you know, or spiritual standpoint, you know, we are what some would say we're living in the last days, right? that God has laid out and predicted what, what's to come. You know, people are fighting. People are bold where you can walk into any school and shoot school children. Um, you know, we are living in trying times. We are living in troubling times. I do not believe that is going to de decrease or get better. So because we know that, and because we know what scripture says about revelations, because we know that, by people's own will, they can choose to give you life or take your life. We then have to be able to spiritually know that we have to have faith. We have to lean on God. We have to continue to pray. So from a spiritual standpoint, I think the world in which we live in, um, we can make it better by doing the right things for us. But we also know that we're, we're, we're fighting the enemy every second, every day, every year. So on the flip side of that, I think things will get better as we continue to talk more about mental health. There are so many platforms in addition to mine, so many people who are more transparent about their depression, about their anxiety, about their schizophrenia, about their um, sexual assault. There are people who are sharing their testimony of how God has brought them through, how God has delivered them. So as we continue to share those narratives, it helps one person, right? So I think in the area of talking, simply dialoguing and having these roundtable discussions or a platform like yours, talking about mental health, yes, I believe it will improve. I believe and choose to believe that those stigmas will decrease where in the Black community, it's not like, oh, we don't talk about that and you crazy. It's in the Black community, no, we believe that people are here to help us, support us, and not harm us. But spiritually, we are fighting a battle. Um, we, we know the 
we know who the victor and the victorious are, um, but we we gotta be able to um, use our spiritual weapons to fight the enemy while also using our practical and common sense strategies to fight the enemy. So I believe things will get better. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we have to, we have to believe we have to keep the hope that things will and that as we dive more and more into finding out, you know, um, the causes behind it, why people are suffering, all of those things that we're able to address those and to, to make it better. Um, yeah. and so, so how, I, I guess too, in winding down, um, how do you think we, you know, we get past the, the judgment and the perceptions as well, because I think that kind of ties into, to the changes because we got to be able to break down the judgments and the perceptions, mm-hmm. because we know in the black, Ooh, in the black yes. church, honestly, that, that, yes. that judgment. And we say we don't judge, but good Lord, we know that that's a lie. Yeah. So how- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good question. You know, I always try to remind myself those without sin cast the first stone. We, we all have a story. Um, and there was a, a post that I did a few weeks ago about church hurt and about, you know, simply the mother in the church that just went up to you and said, girl, your skirt is too short. Mm-hmm. And now that sister never wants to come back to church. So you can't have it both ways. There's a way to educate, right. About like just kind of church etiquette. There's a way to approach someone. Right. But we can't say come as you are, but then you trying to get at mm-hmm. oh, you cursing me out spiritually because my church is, my skirt is too short. Maybe this is my first time stepping into a church. Maybe I don't really know the etiquette. So there's a way to do things, especially when we're trying to lead people to Christ. So we can't say, oh, this person is doing this. And, oh, I can't believe they're doing that because you wasn't saved from the womb. Right. You you did some things in your past. And now you write with Jesus and now you you sit on the deacon board and now and now you're preaching. But before that. You, you did some things and you have to also recognize that other people after you will do some things. And so I think that's why it's so important that I talk about church hurt. I talk about my own church hurt. You know, I had a sister, I stood in a prayer line where this apostle, she whispered in my ear, God will never bless you with three holes in your ear. And she kindly moved to the side and was just like, next. What? And they're like, uh, are, are you going to? pray for me or nah? And she didn't. (laughs) That's my church hurt, right? And that's happening. I hear these type of stories all the time where we are losing people to the kingdom because of the way a sister said something or something that was maybe said or could have been said a little bit more with kindness in the church. I see your face. It happened. Real talk. (laughs) I was... I was just like, and, and and I actually embrace it now. I talk about it now because I'm just like, well, God is really not going to bless me with my tattoos and piercings. Girl, like, what? I mean, come on. Like, how are, how is someone standing in a prayer line and you're like, you're focused on the three earrings I have opposed to why I'm coming to you to get prayer. And then I thought, you know what? She showed me who she is and I'm able to take that experience and shape it into what it was meant to be that, you know what, I'm not perfect. 
and I don't expect anyone to be perfect. And you and you know what? God doesn't expect it to, us to be perfect. So we need to check ourselves before we judge other people because we all, if we can open up the door to those skeletons, you would not point a finger to anybody. Any. Now listen, you talking about something we all just because you preach and they still up there sending too. So <laughs> I just had to put that out there. I'm sorry. Listen, there's mm-hmm. nobody not walking on this earth not sinning. I don't care. And I and the I thing that the, the thing that bothers me is or the thing that's crazy to me, I guess I should say. I'm not gonna say bother me, it's crazy to me, is how we categorize sin. Like there is no, in God's eyes, there is no sin greater than the other. I actually talked about this last week about that because let me tell you something. I had to check myself, okay, because, and we had a Bible study about this years ago because Georgette had a real issue, but see, this is what comes with growth and maturity. I used to have a real issue like, okay, I'm living trying to do what's right, living my best life with God and this and that. And then someone dies who have, who was a murderer, a rapist, a child molester. And if they ask God to forgive them on their deathbed, God forgives them because that's what he is. He is love. Like I'm telling you, Dr. Harris, I had a real issue with that. And so we talked about it. Like, and we had to have a Bible study about that. Cause I was like, listen here, like I got issues with that, but guess what, Georgia? It's no different from you sitting out here if you want to tell a lie, if you still depend from the doctor's office or if you like, you know, but in our mind, but guess what is the renewing uh, Romans 12 and 2, the renewing of our mind and the right. things that we were taught, the things that we grew up on hearing in the church, you know, and, and we do, we try to categorize sin and making, and it's no different, like it's no different, but that comes with growth and maturity and we cannot not be honest in this day and time. If, if we are trying to bring people to Christ, we got to tell the truth. Like, yes, I there is some stuff in me that I am working on each and every day. Like you said, I'm not perfect and I cannot, and I do my best. Like that's one thing that really burns me is trying not to judge. And I even catch, like I check myself real quick when I'm trying, mm-hmm. if I see that I'm doing that because- that's something that has been taught. That's something that is ingrained maybe, but it's time about breaking those barriers, like we said. And so my face was just like, when you said that, like, oh my goodness. Well, if that's the case, like, I know some things that I do, like, I mean, I got tattoos too. Does that mean I'm going to hell? I don't think so. That's not the God that I serve. Okay. And I was so, the way you received that and the shock on your face is the way I was Cause I stood there and I'm just like, I don't know what to do, but she moved to the side. Cause it was clear that she was wow. not going to pray for me. But I, I love the fact that, and, and, and the thing is, if we can understand each and every day that we come with a past and we, every day we're just striving to do the best that we can to live the best life, to honor God, we always won't get it right. But the thing is, I, when I was a practicing clinician, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying, you know, I was working in a counseling center. And of course, you know, with, with people um, being more free to express their identities, we were getting a lot of students who wanted to, who were looking to us as psychologists to support them changing their gender. 
And I struggled with that because here I am like, God made you who you are. Who am I to write this recommendation for you to do mm. your assignment? And it was a struggle for me. And I took it to God in prayer. And I was just like, how do I honor my, my faith and what I believe while also honoring this person in front of me who is my client, who's looking to me to support them and who's struggling, who's thinking about suicide, who who's committed and tried to take their own life just wow. because they don't feel like they're in the right body. And so, um, it was hard because we were also getting, you know, pushed to kind of do this in our counseling center and, and get trained. And I, I never really landed anywhere. I was just kind of like, God, just give me the space and the opportunity to be able to do my job as a clinician while also honoring my, my faith. For some people, they it could have been strong enough where they're like, I'm not doing it. I quit. Um, and I didn't go that route. I just said, God, just work with me because I'm here to help people stop suffering but I also don't want to go against, you know, your will and your way. So it, it made me think about, you know, how some people would say that's a sin and you should, you know, biologically. And I, all I see is someone in front of me who's suffering, who doesn't want to live because in their mind and in their body, there's someone else and they're looking to me for support. So mm, that's good. right? That just made me think of a whole nother. That's like a round table talk discussion. I might have to get you back, but. That is good because, wow, what do you do? Like, I mean, that's real talk conversation right there yes. because it, it does. It puts you in a, a, a whole kind of different place and space. And those are the kind of conversations that we need to talk about and that mm -hmm. we need to hear both sides of that and so that we can come to some type of I don't know something because that's a very good that's good right there because that does make you think and then again what have you learned what have you been taught and then how do we apply the word and yes. so that's a good I, I think we should do a roundtable discussion <laughs> with that and 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 have some pastors like I'm serious because it's those things though but that's how we break the barriers and that's yes. how we not only that it, even more important, let me say, even more important than breaking the barriers, that's how we educate. Because I think that everything needs to land on education. Because mm -hmm. I think that the the more we know, the more we grow. And knowledge is also, we, we've been hearing that since we've been kids, that knowledge yes. is power. But not only that, like to really challenge some of the things that, and I say this because as I grow and as I become more um, in, in the, the faith walk and learning more about God for myself. Because I tell people all the time, you better read that word and understand. Mm -hmm. um, There's some things that I'm learning that, you know, that I was taught. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not necessarily true, you know, but because we sit under certain people and I'm talking about when I was a little kid in church mm -hmm. and I'm not blaming them because they did the best that they knew how to do. Just like our parents, you know, they did the best that they knew how to do with what they had. And I don't think any pastor was saying or doing these things to, to hurt us or to hurt the congregation, but it was just the best that they knew. And at that time, that is what they were taught. And so as and we is, grow, mm -hmm. we need to have these discussions so that we can get the truth. Like, yeah. and 
So and an, an example of that of growth and when you know better, you do better because you can you only teach what you've been taught and you pass it on. So with with being a PK, like I said, great great life. I didn't appreciate it then. I was just like, I'm, as soon as I'm able to get out of here, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna go see what the world is all about. <laughs> and I had some good times and I had some consequences, right? But um, you know the way my dad was taught, uh, you know, deep Pentecostal, my grandfather, rest his soul, um, was the, the patriarch and he taught his thing. So it was just like, you don't get divorced. I don't care if he's knocking you upside the head. God doesn't, we don't believe in that. And, um, so my dad, you know, growing up, you know, we couldn't play cars. We couldn't light candles. We couldn't do incense because that was all kind of like, this is witchcraft and this is, you know, forces. Now it's just like, oh, everybody wants, you know, dad's lighting a candle in the house and dad is realizing like playing cards. He's like this, the spades king now. <laughs> Realize that doesn't take away from my intimacy with God. This simple candle, unless I'm doing something different with, with it, it's just a candle that's flickering. I see that I can play spades. And as long as I'm not gambling my life and home and everything I own away, it's just cards. And so now that he's coming to his own, he realizes, and, and I so embrace where my dad is today. But again, he was taught a certain way. So mm -hmm. he taught us a certain way. I'm the black girl at an HBCU that can't play spades because I couldn't play spades. Girl, <laughs> I know they clowned you at Shaney. Oh, what the <laughs> yes, to this day. I even when I learn how to play, because now my dad is like spades king. So I play a little bit. And I always tell people, I will play for fun, but I will renege. And, and then they're like, yeah, you can sit in the corner, Angela. I'm like, you all right. Like me. <laughs> I'm just being honest. If y'all playing and y'all going to be trying to curse folk out, I don't need to be your partner because I will renege and then renege and then renege again. So, <laughs> but it's, it's so good to see what was thought of as, I don't want, you know, and not that it was like evil. It was just things that I didn't grow up doing. Right. You know, and I would try to sneak an incident here and there and, you know, but now my, my dad sees things differently because of his growth, you know? So. Yeah. It's important that growth. I'm telling you that growth is so, so important. Mm -hmm. So, so, so important. All right. Well, I always ask my guests this question. What does prayer mean to you? What does it mean to you? Prayer means to me um, an intimate conversation with God that helps me map out my life day to day. I know that there, if I get in my own head, oh my God, like I would be all over the place. But when I'm able to center myself and really just pray. And I've learned, again, you know, you grew up like you you put the pillow on the floor and you pray. Now I'm in my car praying. Like I'm walking to work praying. I realize, you know, these these structures and routines mm -hmm. that I grew up with, like you, you know, you get the little soft pillow and you kneel down and you put your hands together. Now I'm on the steering wheel like, God, thank you for da da da. And I'm just praying. And I realize it's just a talk, an intimate talk with my God. And so it really is if I don't pray and I pray, it, it's so like conversational now, like sometimes it's just, I'm just talking, you know, and, and I, I got out the, oh, it has to be this traditional, like thou art God, hear me. Like, no, it's like, Lord Jesus, 
I need some support today. Lord Jesus, please guard my tongue so uh, I don't have to talk crazy to this parent. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. Um, and, and now that I've embraced that intimacy, it comes easier for me. I'm not, I'm not manipulating it to be so perfect. You know, it's just like, God, you hear me and let it do what it do. So it's just my, my intimate conversation with God. And I've seen with me being obedient with not having any rules to how I talk to God, I'm seeing how it's manifesting in my life now. I'm seeing how I'm feeling more confident in my prayers. I actually, for the first time, led a family prayer last month. And I was like you, my uncle called me. He was just like, um, I want to see if you can pray for the family. I'm like, uh, no, like, I don't do that. Like, I, I just was like, yeah, you know, because my family's a Christian family. So they pray, pray, pray. Like, and I'm she like, said, pray, pray, pray. pray, what pray. Is that? <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's the fever and conviction and power. And so I was just like, I'm not there yet. And so my uncle was just like, what better way to be there than to do it with your family? And as soon as he said that, because I, I immediately went to no. Mm-hmm. And then my uncle said what he said, and I immediately went to yes. And I'm like, I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to be obedient. And, you know, that week I prayed, like, God, just give me a word to give, you know, to my family. And, it's, you know, and we, we get on a call once a month and I took two prayer requests. And I wrote down, I said, I want to pray for our nation. I want to pray for our nation's leaders. I want to pray for my family. And, um, and before you know it, I was in this trance and I was just, I was just praying, you know, and, and, and that's how I want God to use me. But it's just conversations. It's an intimate time. Just like you have your little pillow talk with your significant other. My, that's how I see prayer pillow talk with God telling him about everything. From my day to my worries, to my triumphs, to my successes, to my wants, to my dreams. That's how I see it. Amen. You just said something that gave me an idea. I'm going to write it down. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. But I love you said the pillow talk with God. I like that. I don't know how he's going to use that, but I like that. I like that. Thank you for that. See how you get, see, that's mm-hmm. how it goes. I give you, you give me. It's yes. the guy that we serve. But yeah, that, that I just saw like a picture and everything when you said that in my head. Like, that's what's up. So, all right. Well, we get to the time. You said you listen. So, we get to the time of Bible trivia. I always ask. <laughs> Are you doing this because I'm a PK? <laughs> No, I ask every guest. You said you listen, so I, I ask every I guest. I must have missed that part. <laughs> that was way at the end. I ask every guest Bible trivia, and it's funny because I love, love, love to see the expression on their face when I say that. They're like, what? Bible trivia? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, we're going to have Bible trivia. It's okay, only I'm one ready. question. It's only one question. Actually, yours is even, yours is true or false. I usually have multiple choice, but you get a true or false question. And so I always try to find something that relates to what you do. And so your question is, um, several people suffered from depression in the Bible. True or false? True. Absolutely. See, that was real easy. (laughs) Okay. Bonus points. If you can name oh, who you think 
There's quite a few, but if you can name one, you get some bonus points, PK. Come on, just give me one. I know you know. I Come would on. say the first person that's coming to me, and again, like I said, depression may not always show up as like, hey, I'm clinically depressed, but it's the circumstances in your mm -hmm. life or the things that are going on around you. So the first person that's coming to me is Job. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> who, who, how could you not say Joe? Hello, I know I would be depressed, girl. I would be depressed and, and everything, <laughs> suicidal, probably. Everything, uh, full everything. Of anxiety. Yes, Joe. That was quite a, So I had Joe, Abraham, oh, Jonah, Amy. David. Yes. Hello. Yes. yes. And so, yeah, so I always try and find a question that relates to kind of what you do, just so. Uh, you know, when when you come across those people in the Bible, when you come across the book now, Job, yes, and see Jonah or David, that you'll be reminded of this interview, this time that we had together, yes, and, and be reminded of how awesome it was. And so, I thank you, thank you, thank you. Before we go, please, I always, um, couple things let people know where they can connect with you, your services, what you got coming up, what you got going on. Your Great. social media platforms, how they can follow you, all of that stuff. And then I also, whatever um, lasting words you want to leave with the audience, whatever comes to heart or mind. And yes. So. Yes. Well, again, I think I'll start with the latter first. Thank you for the opportunity, Georgette. Um, I think I saw that. I didn't even know you did a podcast and I think I saw it on someone else's. Uh, you had interviewed someone else and I'm like, oh, and I said, God, you know, I, I prayed about it and let this be an opportunity. Wasn't really sure exactly what your platform was about. And then I'm like, oh, okay, this is right up my alley. And I knew a little bit about your spiritual background. Um, so thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for just trusting, because I know you got to vet people and you don't have everybody. So I know you're, you're led by the spirit, too, of who you talk to and who you invite in your space. So thank you. Um, so for those who are interested in knowing more about um, Dr. Angela L. Harris or Harris 316, you can always follow us on Instagram, where we are most active. So it's just on Instagram, Harris 316 Consulting and Services. Um, we have a little bit more information about the services that we provide on our website, which is Harris 316 Consulting and Services LLC.com. Um, some of the services and things that I mentioned earlier um, today, you can find kind of more in depth um, information about our workshops and what kind of workshops we provide. And um, really, those are the two major places you can find out more about us. Um, there's also a pop up link where if you're just like, I, I think I want to hire you, I think I want to talk to you, but not. Not quite sure what I need. You can just uh, email us or you can fill out the information that comes up on the pop-up and I will be happy to follow up with you and we can um, chat and consult about what your needs are. And then together we can maybe come up with something um, on how I can best meet your needs. So you can always email me info at Harris 316 Consulting and Services LLC.com. And again, the website. And then I would love for people to follow us on Instagram where we do videos. We have a TikTok account. I'm trying to be hip like Crystal. And I know, you know, there's, there's, there's people receive information differently. So people mm -hmm. want to read 
people visually want to see things. So I'm just trying to meet people where they are, where they are, and it's been fun. So follow us on Instagram. We would love to have you. Um, I do want to thank you for allowing me to share a little bit more about the child-free journey um, that I support people on. So if that is of interest, you can also follow us on Instagram at no bibs burps bottles you can find out more about how i empower black women who are child free by choice or circumstance at uh no bibs burps bottles.com and we are gearing up for our summer speaker series where i bring in child free experts to talk about their child free journey yep oh that's what's up when do you have a date for that yet Yes, I do, actually. Thank you for asking. So mm -hmm. we are gearing up for our summer speaker series. Our first guest um, is uh, coming up this Thursday, June 23rd at 7 p.m. She talks about her child-free journey as well as her um, her infertility story with fibroids. Um, she also is a child-free content creator. Um, in, in July, the, the dates are expected for me, but we have one this Thursday. We have one in July. Uh, she's a child-free re researcher, so she's just going to um, give us some motivating, encouraging words. But the one I'm excited about is in August, where I'll be interviewing three child-free men, Black brothers, who are sharing why they are child-free, no kids in their 30s. And um, I get hit with a lot of sisters like, where the brothers at? Where the brothers at? <laughs> Um, and so um, in August, I have three brothers who are sharing with me their child-free uh, journey and story. So um, you can find out, again, more information about that on our Instagram platform, No Bibs Burps Bottles on Instagram or NoBibsBurpsBottles.com. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, I'm going to have to jump in on that. Like, I want to hear that story. I'm, ex I'm excited. I'm excited. I've, I've talked to each one of them, and each one of them have an interesting story on why they don't have kids. Dispelling the myth that not every Black man has yes. eight baby mamas and five kids across states. That's what's up. Yeah, I got to put that on my, uh, yeah, I'm going to go to the website so I can <laughs> get reminded. I'm going to put that on my calendar. That seems yes. like Yes, I'm gonna share that too because I I I um I know that that is especially the one coming up this um, Thursday with the fibroids. That's also a big big issue mm -hmm. in um, the black especially community. community. For, yep. Yes, for females, and so I definitely want to share that and put that on my platform so people can jump in on. I might even jump in on it on mm -hmm. Thursday. Um, if, if so time being but yeah that's a good one like that's really really big so i'm i i love it it's awesome thank you thank, thank you thank you. you i truly appreciate it this has been such enlightening learn some information definitely i thank you i will definitely keep you in prayer for this journey and this mission because this right here is something that is a long like this is definitely um not a race like this is something that is going to be a journey like this mm -hmm. is something that's going to take time it's going to take a lot of um, energy a lot of tenacity to keep going because it is is, is not a swift swift race it's an ongoing battle something that is definitely needed and so I know that you need prayer and that you Thank need you. assistance and she so support guys like you need support and all of the things that it takes to deal with such a heavy, heavy topic. And so I just I applaud you. 
I will definitely keep you lifted in prayer. And I don't know what else God has in store for us. And so I would just be interested to see. I always say that with my guests because um, we don't know with certain guests. Like some things, sometimes it's just a one time. But I know there are certain people and certain things that kind of like when I hear and learn more, I'm like, okay, we were connected for a reason, you know, and um, mental health health issues hit very close home to me. Um, and so I thought God would take me there, but he did not. And so I'm just going to leave it right there, but just know that it's something that, um, is very, very near and dear to me and my heart, um, and my family. And so, yeah, I know that there was a reason that I met you through Crystal and even to the podcast. And so, Thank you for even reaching out to me. And when I got your message, I was like, absolutely. Like yeah. she DM me and was like, hey, I see. I didn't even know you had a podcast. And that's so funny because I don't even know if I met when I said it. Um, sometimes I kind of, I say it, but sometimes I don't. Like I always, I don't know. I, I talk so yeah, much. Yeah, I don't remember know. that being part of your introduction. And like I said, I can't even remember. Right. If it was on your page or someone, you in, it, you interviewed someone or you was, and I was just like, oh, I didn't even know. And yeah. then again, knowing a little bit about your background, I was just like, well, I'm just going to, you know, DM her. And I said, you know, if Lord, if this is supposed to happen, if this aligns with what you're doing, it'll just organically happen. So, yeah. And it did like, it's, it's what's up. So thank you for even reaching out. So, and I'm, I'm glad something I posted, you saw come on Jesus. Yeah. In the room, so. <laughs> but yeah, I think because I think I probably posted something on Instagram. I know I'm more on Facebook than I am Instagram. And so and I'm the opposite. <laughs> and you're the opposite. Right. And so probably, yeah, you saw it on Instagram because actually my last interview, like, like we laughed about Claudia, she's more on Instagram than she is Facebook. So I knew I had to put her stuff mm -hmm. on Instagram. And so you probably saw it there, but yeah, I'm girl. I know it's so many platforms and these TikTok streets and this Facebook and, you got, and Instagram. And you gotta, but you have to be where you feel most comfortable. Mm -hmm. I, I feel most comfortable on Instagram. I'm learning a look, you know, I, and I tend to really just like, I'm not going to do 80 videos. Like what I put on Instagram, you're going to see it on TikTok. You're going to see it on Facebook. I'm not trying to do different things for different platforms, but Instagram is just easier for me. Um, it flows for me. And, um, and then I'm, I'm able to pop into these other little pockets as I see fit. Exactly. Y'all ain't go check out her videos. They are, I mean, I was looking at your videos, just cracking up, but the content behind it is really, really good. But yes, make sure you go and follow her on Instagram because these videos are like, they're heartfelt, but they're educational as well. And so like, just check her out and, and make sure you're following and at least, you know, you can get you some laughter and you can get yes. you some mental hello yes. and some mental as well. That's right. So, all right, y'all. Well, I thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in with another episode of Praying and Preaking with your girl, Georgette, a.k.a. The Preaker. And y'all know what I always say. Deuces! And I will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Dr. Angela Harris. Be now, blessed. Take care, guys. Bye. It's your girl, Georgette, a.k.a. The Preaker. And stay tuned for some outtakes. Deuces! Just have a good time. Yeah. I mean, so you don't need the light unless you want the light coming to no, the light. It's, it, it's, it's bright light and I don't need the bright light in my face. I know sometimes when you use the video, you want to appear illuminated, but um, it is bright and then it makes you hot. So I turned it off. <laughs> yes.
I'm used to it by now, so it doesn't even like I keep it on all the time, even when I'm not working, just to because mm-hmm. it does give off good light. So yeah, but anyway, yeah, don't you don't worry, no worries, just just audio, so they don't they they won't need to to you won't need to burn your uh, eyebrow your eyeballs exactly. and or your- have a hot flash with a hot light on it. So <laughs> you don't need any of that. I've been on a, a few few IG lives where I'm like. I am having a hot flash. I just want to let you guys know this. So um, I, I just try to be authentic when I feel the sweat coming up and on my forehead. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just letting y'all know uh, this is why I'm saying to myself, let let this pass and we'll we'll get it together. So, uh, yeah. girl, absolutely, I know. Trust me, I'm hot flash is not a joke. It's not a no game. It's not a game. And no these ring light streets. Yes. Okay? yes. Y'all better know that. So 